given like material conditions, and another race would beget like results. Japan reproduces in the 20th century the history of England in the 19th. Civilization is related to race only in the sense that it is often preceded by the slow intermarriage of different stocks and their gradual assimilation into a relatively homogeneous people. Note, blood, as distinct from race, may affect a civilization in the sense that a nation may be retarded or advanced by breeding from the biologically, not racially, worse or better strains among the people. End note. These physical and biological conditions are only prerequisites to civilization. They do not constitute or generate it. Subtle psychological factors must enter into play. There must be political order, even if it be so near to chaos as in Renaissance Florence or Rome. Men must feel, by and large, that they need not look for death or taxes at every turn. There must be some unity of language, to serve as a medium of mental exchange. Through church or family or school or otherwise, there must be a unifying moral code. Some rules of the game of life, acknowledged even by those who violate them, and giving to conduct some order and regularity, some direction and stimulus. Perhaps there must also be some unity of basic belief, some faith, supernatural or utopian, that lifts morality from calculation to devotion, and gives life nobility and significance, despite our mortal brevity. And finally, there must be education, some technique, however primitive, for the transmission of culture, whether through imitation, initiation, or instruction, whether through father or mother, teacher or priest, the lore and heritage of the tribe, its language and knowledge, its morals and manners, its technology and arts, must be handed down to the young, as the very instrument through which they are turned from animals into men. The disappearance of these conditions, sometimes of even one of them, may destroy a civilization. A geological cataclysm or a profound climatic change, an uncontrolled epidemic, like that which wiped out half the population of the Roman Empire under the Antonines, or the Black Death that helped to end the feudal age, the exhaustion of the land, or the ruin of agriculture through the exploitation of the country by the town, resulting in a precarious dependence upon foreign food supplies, the failure of natural resources, either of fuels or of raw materials, a change in trade routes, leaving a nation off the main line of the world's commerce, mental or moral decay from the strains, stimuli, and contacts of urban life, from the breakdown of traditional sources of social discipline and the inability to replace them, the weakening of the stock by a disorderly sexual life, or by an Epicurean, pessimist, or quietist philosophy, the decay of leadership through the infertility of the able, and the relative smallness of the families that might bequeath most fully the cultural inheritance of the race, a pathological concentration of wealth leading to class wars 
disruptive revolutions, and financial exhaustion, these are some of the ways in which a civilization may die. For civilization is not something inborn or imperishable. It must be acquired anew by every generation, and any serious interruption in its financing or its transmission may bring it to an end. Man differs from the beast only by education, which may be defined as the technique of transmitting civilization. Civilizations are the generations of the racial soul. As family rearing and then writing bound the generations together, handing down the lore of the dying to the young, so print and commerce and a thousand ways of communication may bind the civilizations together and preserve for future cultures all that is of value for them in our own. Let us, before we die, gather up our heritage and offer it to our children.